Welcome to Rethink, the Financial Advisor Podcast. My name is Adam Holtz. And this is Derek Notman. We are your hosts, both veteran advisors and fintech CEOs who challenge the status quo, question everything, and have fun doing it. Hear honest commentary on the challenges facing advisors today. And be part of a community where we can all rethink the profession. Now on to our episode. Adam, is your firm as diverse as your client base? Wow. I don't know, actually. But I think my firm represents the decision makers of our clients. What do you think? What's about yours? I probably would answer the same way. It's almost a reflection of my firm. Like which one drives which? Like I think definitely a reflection of the decision maker. Well, what about the next generation, the third generation, the fourth generation of your Or maybe the generation zero, right? The generation above our clients. We clearly don't necessarily look like them. I mean, isn't that what you're asking? Can we empathize? Can we connect? Can we relate to all the constituents of our clients? I think that would be a really hard thing to do for one person, right? But you mean a one-person uh, firm? A one-person firm, yeah. Uh, yeah. But maybe to a level, I, yeah. But, I mean, this is a diversity question, right? That's what we're talking about here. It could be. It, yeah. It could it be, could, I guess. I mean, it could be beyond all- that, right? I mean, if you just said it, right, right, you said generational too, right? Do you relate to the children and the grandchildren of your clients who will wind up being your clients? Maybe. Yeah, maybe's the big bit there. And I mean, let's face it, it's a lot easier to retain a client or someone that's part of a client's family than to try to get a new one. That's true. Something like 90% of the clients leave the advisor when the parents die or when there's turnover. So I don't have any research on this. I think you're right. It's a high percentage. I have seen comments and heard stories of my parents died and my parents used this advisor forever and I'm 30 and they don't understand me, right? I don't connect with this individual who tends to be a little older with a little bit yeah, hair, you know, dad's golfing buddy. I know yeah, dad's golfing buddy. Like, yeah. like I don't play golf, right? That's right. He was at my wedding, but he sat in table 42. <laughs> I have no real right. connection with them. They didn't dance. They didn't really understand the music at my own wedding, but dad wanted them to be there. Right. I get it. Yeah. So that's an interesting relatability, but even talking about beyond diversity, because the modern client is changing, right? It's not this classic joke that we always make that dominating our business was white, older men who played golf, right? Right. And the modern customer doesn't look like that. So the question is really an interesting one. Does our firms reflect or represent our clients-to-be or maybe even the clients we have? Yeah, I it, that that's a it, it's a really fascinating question. I think that when you look at it from a scalability perspective, a growth perspective, how do I maintain my practice? How do I stay relevant? How do I keep assets in the business? Things of that nature. It would be helpful to talk or look at a firm that's doing it and learn some best practices from that. I mean, we love examples. We talked about our last episode, right? Like 
that's one of the ways we learn. <clears throat> it's true. It's from true. others, right? So yeah, well, I think it was great. That's a probably pretty good lead in for J.R. Gondek. Actually, we had an opportunity to interview him. And if you don't know J.R., he's a managing director partner at High Tower, obviously one of the largest RAs out there. He's a co-author, family value at risk. And here's a gentleman who's created obviously a good amount of success, $2 billion in the AUM, 21 people actually on that team. So you can see they've got some level of scale. They've dealt with this, working with four generations of clients. His own history comes like many of us from either the wirehouses or the insurances. He's a Morgan Stanley Smith Barney veteran. And of course, you know, like most of us, he started in the stock business and migrated into planning over time. MBA, Bachelor in Science Finance, so clearly comes from the business. But interesting to hear what he had to say about how he structured his firm and how he's learned over time how to meet these. Are you ready to hear this, Derek? Yeah, I thought this was a great episode and conversation. So let's jump in. So JR, this is really great that you joined us. Thanks for taking the time to be here. What's your unique perspective of the financial advice market today? I think I've seen it all. When I started, I joined the industry at 21 in my first career. And as you can imagine, I started as very transaction-based. What in the movies are trying to sell this hot IPO. It was really transaction, mail to mail, building up money, building up wealth, all from that aspect. And I saw it as that way. We Our business was always kind of fiduciary style where you're a fee for management. But spending my first 10 years in Morgan Stanley at the time was heavily transaction-based. And just to see the evolution. So I spent 10 years at Morgan Stanley, now 10 years at Hightower. And just see the evolution to go overall in the industry from really transactional to more fee and planning based. There's a lot, a long way to go, probably still in a lot of the industry, but it's been a great evolution to see it get to a better way, I think, in a lot of ways. I'm sure you've got some fun stories from your early days. Tell us, GR, what would you say is a missing opportunity or challenge that financial advisors, even our industry, aren't seeing or facing currently? I think one of them that you see is, as I talk about concept, giving up to grow. And I think a lot of times what happens is you want to do it all yourself and you get to a comfortable level of business and then you're fine with the nine to two schedule and work things out. And it's really hard to bring some junior people in your team along, give up maybe some short-term compensation to train them along the way because it's hard. You got to spend more time. But then what you find is the more you give up, the more that grows overall. And I think that's a big struggle for a lot of practices. And it was for our business, but my mentor was very much of that mindset to invest in me and others to grow the overall business. And it's just hard because it's easier to do it yourself as opposed to taking that extra time to give up some short-term compensation to have that bigger business long-term. Yeah, that's interesting. We've talked about that a couple of times about the mentorship and how we bring the next generation in. I'd be curious though, you mentioned giving up short-term revenue or capital to make that investment again in your practice. How have you been attracting the next generation? We've really gone from intern, right? And we have a two that started as intern that'll be partners in the, the near future and, and have some sense already. And we find it that way. And it's hard because I think the industry too is continues to be very male dominated for all, which is a change I would like to see overall. My team overall, more than half female and male dynamic. And again, I think the more you start and you can show the way and really start early in the career is that long-term investment. Because to me, I think the industry struggles with 
kind of age discrimination, if there isn't a better way to say that if you aren't 50 years old or 60 years old, you're not a good advisor. And I, my philosophy of the team has been, if you're educated, know what you're doing, age doesn't matter, really. You overcome that with knowledge, expertise, and such. So we've really had a lot of success starting early in the career and spending the time five to 10 years to, to build that long-term base with the team. It almost sounds like your business model has shifted just like your planning with clients shifted. Like it went from transactional short-term to, all right, we're going to do longer-term planning, bigger vision down the road. It's going to take more work. We're not going to get paid as much today, probably. But clearly you guys are seeing that at Hightower where there's some benefits there. And I like how you mentioned that you're really focused on making it more equitable from a male-female perspective. You've got to see some unique benefits by doing that versus others that aren't. I think it's easy to talk about, right? It's my team is balanced, but the reality is you have to live it, you have to believe it, and you have to see the results. And we've done that where it's, I don't care if it's talking to a family where you have a male, female advisor, if it's planning to grow your business and you're planning for the next few years with your business, hearing both perspectives, it's invaluable. And again, not that the old way that was heavily male dominated is bad. It's just having the balance and listening and combining the two is just a better way overall. You get better results for your family planning and you get better results for your business as well. It almost feels duh, <laughs> right? Like when you say it like that, yeah, it makes total sense. Why aren't we doing more of that? And we talk about intentional inclusive communication and it's just a better way overall for both families and as you bring up the next generation, because I think so many times the older generation looks to the next generation and it's that old mindset. I walked in the snow uphill both ways to school and the next generation has it so easy compared to what I had to do. And it's that mentality that you need to overcome as you're thinking about whether it's your kids or the next generation of leaders and team members, because it's just that mindset I think that you have to overcome that. But again, if you invest and have the proper structure and share the equity in your practice or the cash flow in your practice, I think you get that long-term buy-in to overcome that both ways in the snow uphill. That's really great. I mean, you think about all the mentorship that we're all trying to do, all three of us actually, to help advisors lift them. Are there specific action steps that you think someone could put into action today or tomorrow in their practice to start approaching this ideal that you mentioned here? It's transparency is the biggest thing I've found over the years, which is tricky, right? It's There's good and bad, but transparency. The more you share, the more questions, the more challenges you can get over time that come with that. But I find the good always the challenges that you have over time. And again, it's the other thing you find is that the more transparency you have as you're learning the next generation, there's more buy-in. And the reality is they know more and are going to be more helpful to grow. And then as the leaders of the team, you could step back over time because you've spent the time to cultivate the next generation and it's a win-win long-term. And that's what we found. Definitely actionable. I hope that advisors are listening to that because I think it, it is a long play, but it's certainly worth the effort. And clearly you guys are seeing that benefit on the other side. Since the pandemic, so much has changed too, whether it's overall business planning, because being stuck at home for the last couple of years, more or less, has tired a lot of people out. And when you're thinking about your team to have that long term, it is a work-life balance. It is a health balance because the better you feel, the more productive you are. And I think a flexible schedule and other things are just critically important. We tend to work with half-day Fridays 
and worked from home Monday and Fridays to allow that recharge and rebalance. And the same thing is promoting health within the team, because I think it's critically important that you feel better, you're more productive, and it just works overall. And I think it's been something we've done in the past, but it tried to take to another level since the pandemic. I love to hear you say that. I think it makes a ton of sense because you, you are going to be doing better for yourself, for the firm, and for your clients if you are finding that balance and healthy. So that resonates, JR. I'm glad you brought it up. Is there anything that you think advisors or industry at large really needs to hear? Crypto is something that's super interesting on a lot of people's mind. I've been disappointed as an industry that regulation hasn't caught up to at least the planning aspect. Because I think as advisors, we need to be educated on to help navigate our clients through crypto. And if nothing else, from a planning perspective, right? I don't think you have to have an opinion whether it's good or bad, the reality is a lot of our families own it. They have it. They're going to have it in the future. And if you don't plan around it and educate it, you're leaving that to someone else. And as an industry, the regulation needs to catch up to this. But I think if you're thinking about your practice, if you haven't studied it and educated yourself, you're just putting yourself and your practice behind in the years to come. Other than just we're adamant about the male-female dynamic and balance for practice, how important that is. Mm. But And as you said, Derek, duh, right? It's just easier said than done, though, because it's how do you do that? How do you, right? I love how you guys are just, you're making it happen. And as I said, it works. It's not like you're just trying to be diversified. It actually works when you spend the time, get the different views, and especially when you do family planning, because we all have different personalities, both men and women, and just multi-generationally. So it's, it's just not a BS thing. It's the reality that the output grows and it's better for everyone. Have you guys ever done any type of client survey or feedback to ask about this, either directly or in a roundabout way, just to gauge like, hey, like we love having a male and female advisor or however that works? Well, I've just experienced myself because there's just questions when you're in a family meeting that I'm not comfortable bringing up as a dude. (laughs) I love it. But when it's brought up, it's easier to talk about once it's on the table. And it's just a comfortable environment. So it's really setting the stage for the conversation that, I'm not going to do as a male, but once it's out there, it's easy for all parties to converse about the topic. That's a great point. So it's so funny. You know what I was thinking about when you were saying that, JR? I was trying to imagine basically a dinner date, like a a couple's date, where you go with one couple and only the guy shows up from one couple. It's not the same dynamic, (laughs) right? You're not going to, you're going to talk about golf the whole time, you know, and someone's going to be left out or whatever you talk about. But the point is that's, it's clearly awkward. So I have a question. Are you saying that you have a standard that there is a male and a female in every interaction or planning interaction? Planning interaction, we try to, in our larger families, we have three advisors working them for the balance, the work-life balance, and then continuity of information. And, but a lot of the overwhelming majority of the family meetings, because that's something we do uniquely as well, because those are just another level where you're talking legacy and there's every emotion that's out there. It's hard for two dudes to do that. And that's basically family planning is as a man, I'm going to focus over my comfort zone over here. I'm not really going to get much over there. Once you have both, you got both comfort zones and then you overlap. That's just the reality, which is my team. We speak seven or eight different languages and we're diversified to get. You guys have got to be like leading the pack from a diversity standpoint, seriously. It works. And as you balance off different opinions and you grow, right, and then leads to more and more better ideas, better thoughts, better. Totally. 
So that was really interesting, Derek, right? I mean, I heard a bunch of different things in there. Let's unpack it. What did you hear? First, I love how you use the word unpack. You like that? That's your word. <laughs> it's, is it my word or is it your word? I no, no. Word. You unpack. You go let, listen to all our podcasts. You are the unpacker. Because <laughs> you're constantly moving. So you. I am constantly moving. Well, I'm constantly packing and unpacking. That's what I mean. Cold. So uh, so unpack this one with your you know clothes and your golf clubs. <laughs> what do you got? I'll play golf. I know you. Uh, yeah, it was a great conversation with JR. I love how he is boots on the ground and doing this stuff and, you know, right in it. And it's cool because like, he started stock picking, right? Like I, I envision a boiler room situation, a ton of young guys, left and right, Wolf of Wall Street type of stuff. And he's made this great transition, as he even talks about this male to male dominated transaction-based dynamic where now they're using a diverse teams approach and leading with advice instead. I found that was really interesting. And I mean, look at the numbers, 2 billion in AUM. They've got like something. good work-life balance. They've got four generations of clients. It sounds like their diversity is clearly aligned with the diversity of their clients. So I thought that was really cool. I like how he jokes about Hey, like some dudes just shouldn't ask that question right in a client meeting. And he brings up a really good point, though, that sometimes it's really important. Well, I would actually probably argue most times you need to have multiple perspectives, male and female. And I like how he talks about that and how they make it a point to have multiple advisors involved in a relationship. And sometimes it's just easier for a female to ask a certain question to get it out on the table and have that conversation versus the old white guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. And clearly it is working for them. They're happy. They're healthy. They're promoting health within their practice, which is going to also be something they can promote to their clients. I mean, those are the things I'm walking away with. Like, wow, that's really cool. What a great example of what a, a practice almost of the future looks like mm. from someone who came from a background like ours. What do you think, Adam? I knew the work-life balance stuff was going to get your attention, right? So I knew oh, that. Was I love that. Yeah. My, my radar was up on that one instantly. And he said, work from home Mondays and Fridays, half day, I believe on Fridays, just to kind of recover. You know, it's interesting because we've all adopted some level of work from home balance, or maybe we're trying to figure it out. So I, it's funny because we talk about whether people are going to go back in some measure, we know a lot or not. So you've been such a champion of the remote work anyway, and did with Connector that of course, that we know that there's ways to execute that, scale it out, learn from others, take best practices, certainly from what you've done. And I think it's great to see even larger teams starting to adopt this because that's been the question, I think, for a lot of financial advisors that have full staff. Do they need to be in the office every day? Do all the advisors need to be present? And I think many of them are learning that they can pull it off. They can actually, they can figure it out. So I thought that was interesting. I agree with you. The male-female perspectives in a room makes a big difference. I know even from my own practice, Derek, I kind of joke in many ways that because I was raised by a single mom, I tend to be more of a listener and I tend to relate. But I would probably argue with myself looking back that as much as I think I'm empathetic to different parties' needs in the room, in the meeting, right? When I need to explain, when I need to not explain, when I need to go deep, when I need to step back and be emotional, when I need to be relatable or when I need to be a boss. And I think, you know, trying to meet everybody's needs as a chameleon is not as easy as it sounds. And at the end of the day, it's not always about how we think we're communicating, but how that recipient is experiencing it. And that doesn't mean because we think we're being empathetic, that we're being relatable. And that's, I think, the dynamic that happens when you see somebody across the table 
who looks like you, sounds like you, could be your buddy. And of course, you can grow with and have some commonality of time and experience and music you like. And there's a different level, I think, of connectivity. And when we talk about the human advice role, not the technology behind all this delivery of advice, I think it's going to be really important that we promote the relatability of our firms to our clients and the next generations. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you're making me think here also that if we do want to capture the next generation and the third and the fourth generation, well, we should have a diverse team of advisors involved in these relationships. Sure. Maybe you need the old white guy there. Okay. That's cool. I mean, there's some value from that person clearly, but what about some younger folks? Like, I mean, he talks about let's not discriminate based upon age about being too young right? The next generations are going to like to have a younger advisor involved. And then when they see that they're part of a diverse team, that's how you capture the attention and you connect with these folks. Because as you said, maybe you're in that meeting and maybe it's the time for Adam to step back because he can't connect with this individual for this topic, but the other advisor in the room can. You know what I mean? I think that's really cool. And if I'm a client, I'm like, wow, like this feels good. Mom and dad are happy, but there's another advisor here that understands me as the next generation too. Wow. Like what a great relationship this is. But that just makes good business. I mean, isn't that what he's actually saying? Because in the sense of it, the success of getting to that level of AUM and also being able to work downstream into multiple family members, running family meetings, if you heard that, making sure there's a male and female in every financial planning interaction to meet the needs, whether it's present or obvious, or it's just subliminal. I think as business owners, we tend to spend a lot of entrepreneurial mindset on how can I maximize the value of this organization? How can I drive more revenue growth? How can I lower costs? But the truth is, is that the lifetime value of a customer, how long they spend with us really dictates how much revenue I generate from a single household. The longer they stay with me, the more value that is, the more that accrues to my equity value of my company, which by the way, I don't know if you heard it, he also participates that with his people. He gives them an equity incentive to grow the bottom line. If we're arguing that the humanity relationship, the human value of advice is really why we stay with an advisor, not necessarily performance, not fees, not process, not our cool tech gadgets, that it's a human, it would seem like a good investment in order to work on the highest retention component of that, which is the relationship. So if I'm going to bring in the next generation, I will tell you what we did. Because when you started this program, you asked me a question. I had to think about it. We have in our firm a representative of every decade on our firm. We have a 70-year-old, 60-year-old, 50, 40, 30, and 20-year-old. Do you we, have a 70-year-old range? Practically? We have two in the 70. <laughs> you and so- <laughs> I'm not 70. I'm in the 50 range now. I'm the like late 40s. I know I don't look like it, but thank you very much for that compliment. <laughs> so you've got like how many decades do you guys have? We have five. That's we amazing, five. right? So what? So you're doing it, right? You're like what We're doing amazing? that. Where we're failing, though, is we don't have females on the advisory team. We have our firm certainly has 50, 50 male, female, but on the advisors, that's where we have really dropped the ball. And it's because we've had the hardest time finding females in our circles that, you know, I don't know, value proposition where want to work with our firm. That's where we're not meeting our clients needs after listening to this. Yeah, it's really, we're, we're assuming that we're empathetic enough as advisors to meet the needs of our female customers, but we don't have anyone on our team that has a similar experience. It's all anecdote. Yeah, right. 
Well, it looks like you know what you're on your game plan for. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's an interesting challenge that you have too. And I mean, we're not saying here tomorrow you have to wake up and your whole firm has to look different. I mean, come on, these things take time. You have to find the right people, regardless, male or female. You got to find the right teammates, especially as you're, I mean, 21 people on this team. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's taken years to get to, to get this beautiful dynamic of people that really gel together. And that's extremely important if you're going to run a profitable, sustainable business. Very true. Very true. Well, let's, let's do our wrap-ups. Thank you, JR, for those insights that obviously made us think. And hopefully if you're listening to this, it made you think as well. Definitely check out what JR is doing, follow him. And, and of course, I think you can even reach out to him and get some best practices from that. Let's go to our question from the week. What was our question, Derek? This is from Jenny S over in, was it Detroit Rock City? Is that, was that what it is? It's Rock City. The Motor City. Oh, no, I know it's the Motor City, but there was like a, a TV jingle or something that had that at some What is it? How's it go? Just sing it for us. No, I don't sing. I'm singing. <laughs> I only sing in the shower and I'm not in the shower right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I keep telling my family I'm going to go on America's Got Talent either for singing or dad jokes. And they both look at me like I'm crazy for both ideas. <laughs> they said, you should go, but don't come back. Right. Yeah. Like you, you can go and watch in the audience. You cannot participate. <laughs> I think that would be actually fun. My family loves AGT and it's oh, the family it, yeah. friendly. We cry, we laugh. We hundred percent. It's one of those great shows. I have to admit now I'm, we're not endorsing AGT except I love it. So I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I guess I'm a goofball. We should so get what's to be a sponsor. Anyways, that's right. Uh, what does Jenny say? So Jenny, it's an interesting question. So Derek and Adam, many of my clients are finally getting beyond the accumulation phase and starting distributions. Would you do an episode on the needs of clients that are often dealing with the newness of retirement and their mindset shift coming from this new phase of life? It's wow. a really cool question. It's an interesting, I bet you a ton of us have experienced this as advisors on some level, like, Hey, I've been, you know, saving for 30 years. I'm done in a month. What do I do? Yeah. Financially, Medicare, social security, every day is a Sunday. It's an interesting question. I, I mean, I, I think like you and I both probably could comment somewhat on this, but I'd rather bring in someone that knows what they're talking about. <laughs> well, based upon what JR said, we should bring in somebody who's over 65. <laughs> that's, yeah. I don't, that's how qualified clear. are you and I to talk about? Yeah. This? We know it from the books. The books say that you're going to, you know, have purpose and have, right. I think we know enough to be dangerous, right? We should talk about distribution rates and, but the reality is that retirement is much different than the textbooks read, right? And so we're obviously not retired. We've helped a lot of people do it, but I think it's important for us to rethink this one. So I, we have a couple guests that are going to join us actually for our next episode. So make sure you check that out. This has been really fun. Any closing thoughts, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm loving rocking this with you. We're just continuing on this fun journey. And I hope all the, the folks listening to us are having a good time. And remember, like, subscribe, listen, recommend, send us a note. What do you want to hear about? This is for you folks. And we're willing to ask the tough questions that maybe others are not willing to ask. Well, I think so. At least we think so. I don't Oh, know. yeah. And you write us a review too. Don't forget that one. We have to write. That would be cool. Write reviews. Yeah, I think cool. that'd be great. So just like contact us. Like we're here, we're trying to grow. We are growing. We, I do like we're up, we're doing pretty well. Like on listens now. I don't know. Like we're supposedly really, really starting to take off. This has been a lot of fun. So I don't know. I'm rambling, but it's fun. I enjoy it. And I hope people are, you know, enjoy it and learn something along the way. 
That's cool. Well, I love giving back. And this has been really fun because we crossed 25 episodes. That was a, That's a milestone for most people in podcasting. And we're still here doing it. And I think we're excited to keep doing more. So as Derek said, thank you so much to all of you that are following us. And of course, we definitely want to multiply the message just because we hope that we can add value and mentor everybody as best we can. Hopefully something here has caused you to rethink. And with that, Derek, I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Likewise, brother. We'll see you later. I forgot to record, dude. Don't even start joking about that. Thank you for listening to Rethink, the financial advisor podcast with Holt and Notman. Be sure to subscribe now and join the ongoing conversation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Asset Map or Connector. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.